podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett, and with me to go through two more wins, <laughs> six in a row, um, who would have believed it after the season we've had? I've got the full team with me, and we've got such, an, we've got such a packed agenda today. We've got two matches, loads of talking points, and we have to talk about our potential new director of football slash something, whatever it might be, your schmatka. Um, we're not even going to go on with the the introductions this week. We are literally going to get straight into the pods. And, and we're going to start, seems a while ago now, but another home win, this time against Fulham. And Sai, um, can, can, can we come to you first on the lineups? Because continuation of a theme with the... Um, with, with the continuity of selections, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, we, we, didn't we swap out... Uh, Diaz came in, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Nunes. Uh, Nunes. His first game since October, and and we got the Diaz-Darwin-Salah combination that we've... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But it seems like that, that was the original plan, wasn't it? The start of the season, yeah. Yeah, and Costas came uh, in, so it was like three, three, three rotations. But you know, yeah, three rotations, which is I, I would like us to rotate three times a game every uh, when we uh, when we ever have a double game week. It's just like the smart thing to do. Um, uh, and CJ kept his place yet again, which is great. Um, uh, we we swapped out Robbo for uh, Samikas, didn't we? Yeah, um, and uh, Hendo. Came back for Harvey. Harvey. Harvey dropped out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Harvey dropped out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I vaguely remember this game because so much has happened since. Yeah, um, and Roti. So, how did that? How did the um, the match summary look? Um, against Fulham, <laughs> obviously we do non penalty XG, and we had the pen, so. Once you take off the point seven six, it was point nine two to point seven eight. Uh, one of our um, below average attacking performances of the season: fifteen shots to nine. Um, they had one more shot in the box than us at Anfield, which is a rarity. Um, three shots on target each, and two big chances to one. Um, Thirty-five touches in our box compared to their thirteen. Um, the XG models. Um, kind of agreed. Um, it was any ranging from one to not point seven for Kayla. Um and Fulham created a point seven to to one. They had their one big chance in the last fifteen minutes. Finishes 
And then Bobby Reed had a chance at the end of the game. Mm. Point one. Um, so it was quite close, really. Yeah, once you take once you take out the pen, it was, and then and then other all the other metrics were fairly close, really. Yeah, we had we had the Salah um, shot. There was the other big chance. So Salah had two big chances in this game, and then the Gakpo one that he fired. No, the Gakpo one from a tight angle that's been given. Yeah, from the six-yard box. Yeah, that one. Um, but yeah, it was a close game, and. Um, <laughs> It wasn't as it wasn't as um, a dominant performance in the numbers as it, we have racked up in the previous few weeks. Then, no. And if we look at our last seven, six, seven league games, I think we're at, we're at four point one big chances a game, um, attacking wise. And then in this one, we were down to two, and one of them was a pen, um, and the other one was a little bit dubious whether it should have been. So yeah, it. This was a. It's a very strange game. It's a strange game to watch live, and then a strange game to collect, which we'll come on to. Um, yeah. So yeah, lots of effort, not much production, is what I'd summarise. Yeah, I think that's a good summary, actually, Rosie. Um, uh, but I think it was um, seemed to be a little bit of a throwback to to the start of the season, and in, 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 in a lot of ways, actually, it, it didn't seem to be a continuation of the. Um, the good performances, more control that we've seen with the WM and we spent so much time blowing about last week on last week's pod. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think first half, I, I thought we were better first half. Uh, you know, average average part, you know, average pathway was sort of 15 passes, which is low for us and we'd have been, been doing about 20-25. The second half, we, we dropped down to about five passes per wave as they come into the game and they go up the other way. So they, they were a 5-10 and they go up to a a 15-20 second half. So as I, I think it, not quite a game of two halves. Um, you know, we, we had regular periods of production of XG, sort of 15-minute periods. They only had four, but their four periods of, of XG production, three were after half time of, of you know, over the point two. So it depends on showing you want to look at it, but I think certainly that second half, as we were chatting pre-pod, it was very throwback to before this, New before this this run started really and um, a real lack of control and that number yeah. of shots in the box was was a concern. I remember us chatting at the time actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was first half as well. To, to be fair, but um, I mean, Sai, I mean, how did you how did you feel about the game and the general pattern of the game? I, I just thought we everything looked a little bit clunky for us. It wasn't really clicking, especially in the final third. It's weird. I I had a completely different feeling. Okay. I, I thought we were actually controlled for, for once. I, I thought it was a throwback to two years ago when we when we just had uh smart, sterile possession. Mm. Um, we did create opportunities, we just didn't uh maybe we were a tiny bit away from the the uh, timing of the pattern in the box to to complete the the um opportunity we created. We got into their hot zone, we um we were just a tiny bit away. Like uh, a couple of times Mo got in, played the ball across the box. Darwin wasn't quite there. Um, Diaz wasn't quite there at the time. Um, the big chance that you're talking about with with that Mo had, I, I I thought it was a really good play, but I didn't think it was a big chance. It was an mm. absurd angle that it would have been a worldie if he'd have scored. Um, and we, I think we probably got a little bit lucky with a pen, but I, 
I don't think we got scared. We we were never shaken until like there were two moments in the second half. Ali pulled off a brilliant save. Um, and that was just because we're away. Uh, they're a good team. We, we were ahead and, and they got through us a couple of times, but they weren't, there were no um, regularly this season when we've not, when we've managed to be frustrated and not create anything that, we had no control over how the opposition were creating chances against us. They would just open us up. Yes. That wasn't happening. They had to do brilliant things. And Fulham, they've got some really good players. Yeah, they have. Yeah. And sometimes you have to make an allowance that sometimes good players do good stuff. Yeah. I, I, mean, I honestly thought we had control in this game, down apart from uh, maybe there, like I said, the Vinicius chance and the Reed chance. It was, com- compared to when we've been conceding three and four big chances a game, um, this was more controlled, but he, and we had the opportunities that Sai's talking about without the execution and like synchronicity and the movement of the front, front three to to take advantage of that. So we had a lot. Uh, of, yeah, you know, I mean, earlier in the season. Sorry for jumping in. Earlier in the season, how we played was being dictated by the opposition. Yeah. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. not what what occurred in this game. Yeah, yeah the, the Trent still had all of the ball. Yeah, Mo yeah, still yeah. had sixty seven touches. Yeah, have you got Trent's numbers uh, off the top? Uh, say we've got Trent's uh, stats lines for the game. Yeah, um, he had uh, ninety three passes, eighty percent, seventy four successful, um, forty three in the opposition half, twenty one in the final third. And his touches. Um, he also had our first three shots of the game, which is I don't think I've ever seen happen before with Trent. One of them is his own player. They look like it was <laughs> Yeah. 121 touches as well. So 30 more yeah, so they, seconds. So that that was that basically continuing the, the Trent and Mo numbers from last week in terms of touches and involvement generally, yeah? Yeah. Um I was but the the only thing I was gonna say, maybe in t- we talk about our opportunities which we didn't execute. I mean, I think that's the ones I stuck, the Fulham opportunities as well, just from fairly fairly rudimentary balls over the top in the first half. They were in twice, but they didn't get anything off the back of them. So I think that Wilson, was the thing. Wilson had one, didn't he? he was yeah, that was a really yeah, quite yeah. a blade. That was he, he messed didn't up. He tried to cut it across and Van Dyke cleared off the line, yeah. Yeah, and, there were, and again, there was another one as well. It just seemed to me a little bit that we were we were almost too attacking, if you like. It may be, I, that's why I just wondered whether you guys thought we the balance of the, the, like me, the balance of the previous few games had gone and we gone a little bit too gung-ho instead. Yeah, I think, I think we pressured the ball a little bit later and uh, Robbo went, uh, no, well, it's, it's Samikas, yeah, isn't it? Us, yeah. so, so he is much less likely to stand, but he was going a little bit early. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop 
or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Just, it was just those little two things, just they crushed the synchronicity of the defence. I think in attack it was fine, but in defence it was just, it, yeah, it was just a little bit off. And you've got, you've got three lads that haven't been doing it. Yeah, it's, like you say, always so excited it's about routine and getting used to the new way of playing. And like Costa's average position on the ball was was level with Fab and Trent, which Robbo typically isn't, you know. So he's a little bit high, should we say, or stuck in between. Uh, but the connections were, I know what you meant, though, about being clunky, but the connections are actually some of the best I've seen for us with Nunes playing. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's normally he, we we don't get the ball to him. We simply don't connect with him. But yeah. in these pass maps, he is connected to the to the rest of the team. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely progress for sure. Mm. But if you draw a line from the six-yard box, edges of the six-yard box, out to the D, um, we had one shot in that zone in the match. And that was the penalty. And then, I'm oh, sorry, the one other shot apart from the penalty. And that was the Salah one from the very narrow angle, which size nobody referenced. And that yeah. was it. We, yeah. we, we we had one shot in that you know in that in that whole zone. So that's what I'm saying is that, you know with the, can, how yeah, many good chances were we, were we averaging a, a match with the WM before this? Was it five, Rosie? Big chances. Yeah. A four point four. I had. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, and that's what I mean. Usually that means lots and lots of shots in that central zone, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. that's what we didn't have in this game. So no, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. And I honestly look like because I, I don't know how many counters. Uh, how many counters did we have off the press in? Was it uh, nine? Um, and a lot of them. It was like you could final see ball. The, you could see the frustration. Mm-hmm. There was one where Trent played a through ball and Nunes comes inside and Trent's like head on hands going, what the fuck have you gone that route for? I've just seen you go that way and you've cut inside. And then there was another one where I think Jones has a ball and he plays it and Nunes doesn't go in the right direction or it might have been Diaz. And you could see that they were just a little bit off in terms of how they're interpreting what the other player's going to do. So they were the chances. Um, but they didn't result in anything because yeah. because I how many times have Diaz, Nunes, and Salah played together in that system? Um, Probably first time. Maybe a couple of times at the start of the season. Mm. Not with a but not with a box behind them. No, yeah, oh yeah. oh yeah, with yeah with that midfield behind them, never, never. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so you thought it was progress still, even though it was slightly less um, efficient than the the previous matches. You thought it was still a, a big step in the right direction. I think. Well, I, I think it was a step in the right direction in that in that we didn't play well, but we still had we still retra- retain control largely, yeah. and that's not where we've been. Yeah, and we got a win. Yeah, yeah, we won. So, and we won. You know, what I mean, yeah, that's pen, but we still <clears throat> won. So let's just talk about. The, the key moment of the match. So you see, we're struggling to clear, clear chances, struggling to generate shots from that central zone. Then we get the pen. Um, so I think there's a split opinion on this. Um, I I thought it was a pen in that I don't see why Nunes should have to take the kick to the knees to get the pen. If he tries to avoid the kick, isn't that enough you know, the intent from the player was clear because it was a wild hack. But say, um, you you don't agree, yeah? 
Well, no, I agree with the thing you said. You say if, but I don't think that's what happened. I don't. Okay. Think he, he, I don't think he had to move out of the way. I think he moved his leg to it. <laughs> okay. I think it was a hurricane. <laughs> so I, I'm just he was, inv- he was inventing the contact. So I, was, I, th- yeah. I think he drew the. He yeah. I think he went. He created the contact. I think the guy missed, and then he created the contact. And I don't think he him, he impeded him. Is what you're saying? Like I, I don't think if a player is impeded, if a player is impeded in the box with a tackle that doesn't make contact, but it still makes him have to move out of the way to get past. I, th- I feel like that's a foul, and and okay if you go down because it's definitely impeding your uh, ability to get to the ball in the same way you, uh, as a pull would. But I don't think he was kicked. I don't think he was impeded. Like, but. You know, I don't think it's a big egregious thing. Uh, these things happen all the time, and it usually happen against us. And he and he drew he he kind of drew a foul from some angles. It looks like he was kicked because he swung his boot like to to clear the ball out of the stadium, and he just missed. Um, so it's a trick of the um, trick of the cameras, wasn't it? And yeah, then- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a parallax. So like it depends where the camera is to 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 see the the uh, depth of fields to know where where he swung but uh, there is a camera angle that shows that he missed the ball and darwin by about 8 8 inches and then darwin made sure that his his, his thigh went into his leg yeah. you know fair enough i'll take the pen because we we get screwed out of them all the goddamn time yeah um rosie you're the as we always say you're the member of this um a podcast who is closest to being a professional referee. <laughs> you have done some. Absolutely somewhere. not. <laughs> I'm sure you did a course. You told us a few. Anyway, I thought, I thought he nicked the ball and the player just tries to kick it, the ball that is not there anymore. Yeah. And it, it, it just looked like a stone wall to me. One of those that I think, yeah, so, contact was drawn, but I think if he if he doesn't draw, he still might he still might contact him because it was it's just a cl- really clumsy challenge. Yeah, it was a stupid yeah. thing for him to defend us today. Yeah, um, Rosie, but it was checked by VAR, right? Yeah, I think so. So, and VAR's what's not the ref- overturn the referee's decision? <laughs> but the Fulham fans were chanting in the second half that you know they'd already seen the footages on their mobiles and whatever, and, 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 sure. and they were chanting about it. So. You know, the question is, you know, is that a clear and obvious error by the mistake, by the referee? I mean, uh, you know, potentially, if, if you think about what size saying, you know, maybe it should have been. I, I Personally, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I do think uh, Darwin uh, trousers his leg. I do think he does a bit of the Harry Kane. I think from the view of the referee, it looks like a stonewall penalty. Yeah. The therefore, the referee gives it as a pen. And therefore, I don't think Barr's going to overturn that. But exactly. isn't 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 Bar there to also then? Yeah, say but we know that that's not they've made an innocent operating. mistake, right? You know, from his, you so know the ref that, made an innocent uh, mistake. Uh, league tables today, and and the oh, we have uh, I think in in La Liga there are eighty six overturns, and in England there've been twenty two. So you think there's been a policy change with Bar, right? Oh, not they, overturn. They it. Yeah, there's a huge policy change. Yeah, huge. They don't. They just don't. Unless, unless it's something that they know the the, the newspapers are going to fleece them over, and even then, I'm not sure they do. But um, yeah, they don't overturn it. Is that why we've had so many apologies this season then for things that they've missed? Yeah, yeah. And they're so, not going to mic them up, aren't they, for going forward? Right. 
No, just... no, no. Did you see that? They're gonna. They, so what they're gonna do is is the next day they're gonna release. Uh, they're oh, gonna is release it? I thought it was gonna be live. So oh, it'll okay. be. It'll still be edited. Yeah, yeah. Fuck's yeah. sake. Um, let me. I just want to say though on the VAR. If the if the referee has made an innocent mistake from his angle, it reasonably mm. looks like a penalty. But the VAR then says, actually, actually, from this angle, which you couldn't see, no fault of your own, it's not a pen. You need, to, I need, we're going to overturn. Then the ref sort of blamed then anyway. So why why wouldn't they have applied it like that? That logic like that? They just don't. I, I think if because you listen the stupid, to the uh, is it, what, is that what saying? dude, if there was contact, they don't overrule it. Yeah. Right. I think there's a lot of stuff. I think you and I have got a very, we'd love for to work in a very, um, these are the rules that apply. I think actually we're all like that. But in England, it just doesn't work like that. And that's not right. I'm just, look. even look at the Spurs game. Look at some of the th- decisions that were just let go. And that's not right. If you apply the rules, there should have been a couple of red cards. Should have been X, Y, Z, right? But it just... Yeah, Spurs that, should have been the penalty and we should have had another one. And that's what I'm saying to you. So it, it, there are many instances, I think, if you go back through, that they just simply, it doesn't work like that in England. It's not right. I'm not I'm not saying that that isn't the process as it's supposed to work. It just doesn't happen in the UK. I think, do, you know, do, do you know that it's, there are five times as many red cards in, in La Liga as in, as in as in England this season? It's not yeah. it's, it's, not it's the, They've decided in England that we're going to... Yeah, so they let each other kick the shit out of each other unless it's one of the crap teams that they can possibly give a free kick to. But they never that they, they, they constantly erring on look how tough we are in this league, it's nothing. And then, but we never challenge the referees. We've got to great. support the referees, respect for the referees. It's all that great, garbage. Great context for the Brentford game as well, because yeah. The- Fouls we conceded in that game compared to relative averages and our own averages and possession is nonsense. But yeah, I just think in this in in, in the, for the VAR, I think because you can because it gives it and you can see contact and it's a wild swing from the defender, just not. So it's clear. not clear and obvious it's, then. Yeah. 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 So the Fulham fans basically were crying. Sure. Yeah, okay. As, as oh. we would Doc, we would have been as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's right. exactly what I think. It's one of those penalties where we would have been crying. It you you'll cry if that's against you. Yeah. Because it really isn't against the I, I totally get what, what uh Rosie's saying. I just don't think you've seen the angle that I've seen. Okay. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying you haven't I don't think you you've seen I thought the same as you. I thought he swung his leg and crushed him. And then I saw an angle. Yeah, I've seen the angle where he doesn't touch him. I have seen it. I just, I just, but, but, but like you say, he drags his leg. But because that contact is there and it's a wild swing, because of it's such a split second thing, I don't think as a VAI you can say that's. Yeah, clear. no, I agree. That's I exactly what I think. I, d- yeah. I don't think he kicked him. O- I thought he kicked him over, and the contact was actually at the end of the the leg swing anyway. So there was not the yep. uh, 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 which Darwin caused. Yep. But because there was contact, the the VAR can't overturn it if the ref said, I gave a penalty because there was contact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. That's enough um, VAR chats. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Rosie, let's talk about the pressing, um, because you did this one, and um, you were surprised. H- hugely surprised. I couldn't quite believe it. Um there was a, I think I had 104, 105 in the first half. 
which is quite a lot. I was look because you look. At, I look at some of the games and I think, oh, fifty eight percent possession. This one shouldn't be a tough one. Um, and then in the second half, I uh, started collecting after about forty nine fifty minutes. So I, I was thinking. I'm totting him up here. And then <laughs> it took me to like 62 minutes and it had taken like an hour and 20 minutes. And I thought, looking at the numbers, and I was like, we've had, a hundred, we've had 80 presses in like 20 minutes. Um, that's huge. That's a lot of effort. Mm. Um, and I didn't notice it. It's so, 155 second half, Rosie. 155 second half, which is, so it was 105 first half. So, yeah, 155 second half, it's, that's massive. I think the record is that Real Madrid game, which is like 340 or something. Um, yeah. So there's your context but for what I it does show. It does show you, though, with that we are pressing right to the end again. Yes, and that's something mm. Klopp's wanted. And I think the subs helped that because it was a lot of effort when the subs came on. Um, but I do think it's, I think... Jones, uh, yeah. I think Nunes is putting in more of a shift. Salah always puts in a shift. I think Diaz's energy is getting to a level now. Um, and Fulham um, keep the ball well. Don't mind passing it out from the back. There were a lot of presses in their box. Um, Rosie, the, does launch it a bit. They don't mind a, uh, passing it out from the back thing. That is the fifth most defensive third touches we face this season. So opportunity psych, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely opportunity. Uh, well, sometimes I do think that, that uh, you know, when I talk about opportunity, it sounds dismissive. No, no. I think we, I, I think that's the right context. But context. Also, I, I think that there is a chance that we, we, that us as opposition can force the opportunity. If that yeah. makes sense, we yeah, can, yeah, yeah. we can, how we're setting up prevents them from playing out. So they, so they either go long or they take riskier passes. Yeah. We, we block easy passes into midfield, which yeah, makes yeah, yeah. more defensive third passes. Like, yeah. I think there is a chance that we create that. We have created that now. Yeah. So you're block on, haven't you? So they go sideways, basically, in keep possession. Yeah. yeah. Which is where the hit got, suggests. Yeah, what, what I found, Phil, they were going sideways first, sideways yeah. again, and then trying a longer one because they were thinking, in, right? we can't get out here because they're suffocating them. And that's yeah. exactly what Sai says. We we had opportunities in the first half of the season when I was collecting games. And because the press was so broken and it wasn't in sync at all, they never needed to go sideways. They just passed it around us and created a big chance. Well, yeah. again, that's more the shape as well, Rhodes is, of course, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll tell you what, I know we're going to go and have a little uh, relook at it, but the press zones are huge for Myra and Nunes in this game, even with a 75% um, reduction. They're, they're back to like pre-WM size, yeah. um, whereas the rest are all still, you know, the, we talk, spoke previously about the the left-hand half space, um, three triangles coming together and the right, uh, right yeah. back area. Okay. Those are still kind of there, but you're missing a component because Mose is massive. He's, he's literally covering three zones at a pitch and Nunes is covering three centre zones at a pitch. They're, they're huge zones. They're the largest I've seen for six games. Yeah. And some sort of shift off the ball. as terrible <laughs> as it was on yeah. the ball. So all four, yeah. all, all four of the subs who weren't Andy Robertson 
all finished with less than two minutes per press, which is monstrous. So, that, or they all Huge. kept it going right from the bench. Passes yeah. the eye test completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Curtis Jones was highest volume here. He had 43 presses, 47 possession adjusted, and nine possession wins, um, including seven counter presses. That, that basically continuing his um, run of form. I mean, we, we never really got the chance to talk about. Um, um, oh, no, no. Sorry. It was. It, it was. Bart was missing last week, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, oh, I, I was missing. I was oh, yeah, it was you because yeah, yeah, you you said yeah, about good things about um, Kurt, um, Curtis in the West Ham game, yeah. um, Rose, and you really liked him then as well. Can you just talk a bit more about more about Jones? Since oh, you never got the chance he, to last week, he's just got such a level of energy that we've missed um, this season, and his his tactical intelligence off the ball of when to know when to go and then when to follow up or when to stop and sit off. Is well, I know a lot of well, I know a few fans will um will not like the line, but it just reminds me of when Nabi was doing so well in his pressing. Um, it's knowing when to put the energy in and then having that um spark off, off a standing start to just like go or or predict what the opposition are going to do. So then when you put pressure on a player, it 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 makes them make a decision that could one cause a risk, or so they might launch it, or two, they get a little bit. Oh, what am I going to do? And then you can win it, or they just go backwards. Which is them the three things you want? You want to win it often and get the ball and start a counter. You want to you want them to just pass it backwards because then there should be someone else there to put pressure on the next person, or you want them to go along because then you're going to win the ball back because it's a bit of a hoof. And it just seems to have that knowledge of when to do it. Is there is there any uh, value in the thought that he should be our best passer, uh, our best presser, technically, tactically, because his entire footballing career has yes. been spent under yeah. Klopp? Yes. So when he was taught at fourteen, it was under Klopp system already. Yeah. And he was played off the left as well, and it wasn't he as well in that attacking role. Um, so absolutely, I think there's a big question for that. And I just want to just shout out to the guys who do the collections here, because one of the things that we do do is timestamp our collections to the second when we're watching the video back. And um, what that allows us to do is automatically calculate what we call a Gagan press. Um, which is within two seconds. So it's a press within two seconds of us losing the ball. Now, there's been debate over the years about how how long that period is, whether it's two, three, four, five, even six seconds, you'll hear some coaches say. Isn't it five, Dan, which I find... Yeah, but we, we, we settled on two. We, we, settled, we settled on two seconds, didn't we? Uh, that's that's why I'm used five, Klopp uses three. Right, yeah. Wow. Or was it? Yeah. Anyway, so we've got a really high bar for our counter presses, right? And Kurt Jones, we that we didn't collect one of the matches in the in the recent run. He's averaging four and a half game presses per game, um, which is the most in the team by a long way. Um, and I just think that is that is symptomatic. So it's literally as soon as an attack breaks down, four and a half times a game, he's right into somebody within you know within a 10, 15 meter radius to sprint into them to win it back. And it's that's I'm tremendous. Not, I'm not sure the stats on this, Dan, but it does seem to get taken off like 75, 80 minutes, which is another good thing because you can only do that. So well, it, yeah, his, his substitute times last uh, time, four times he's been taken off, 83, 85, 87, 85, 83, sorry. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. Which is with about 10 minutes to go where they added on time. So, yeah. And Klopp always seems to be gifted. 
big massive hug when it comes off. Yeah, so I absolutely love that effort. But yeah, those 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 Gagan numbers are, are really really good from Jones. I have to say, I also like his efficiency up there. Like nice yes, time. he's yes, he's yeah. He's he, had he, some efficiencies this season for man eights, which have been around seventy and sixty five. Yeah, and um, also word for Fab in this game, Dan, because he's taken a lot of criticism this season, but his numbers seem pretty high for a DM and his efficiency is back up there. Yeah, yeah, but Jones is consistently high 80s and he was 100% against Forrest in his efficiency and he's consistently high 80s in the rest, which is, which is again, is very good for a midfielder. So, um, should we talk about the other player um, that we need to um, on this, which is uh, Darwin Nunes, Rosie. Um, yeah. This might have been his best ever pressing game for us. Well... You've collected would- a lot of his games, right? I was looking. I was looking at his pressing numbers um, before this game, um, and he he's doing. He's been doing it off the left. Mm. Not, I don't think at the moment. Anyway, he might develop, but at the moment, I think he's a bit of a liability off the left pressing. Um, I think he's more looking when to go for a pass rather than when to know when to be in sync with the other two with the front three and his left-sided eight. Whereas in this game, he, he seemed to have a little bit more, I think maybe because he's got the support coming from behind and on his right side. Not sure, I wasn't quite sure about Diaz in this game um, in terms of pressing, but it's because Fulham wanted the ball, and they were willing to pass it out. He was doing a lot of running. Um, and when you get within um, a certain zone of the player, which he was doing a lot, he was making them make a decision an awful lot of the time, either to go sideways or to launch it, or a few times he won the ball. I wasn't quite sure it was as many as what I've got, which is seven. And we are going to double-check that, because he didn't have a lot of jewels, did he, Dan? Nope. But, but, yeah, but the fifteen yeah. session wins. He didn't make. He didn't. I thought he was the last person who made them. So we were talking about passing side to side and backwards. He was the one eventually that was making them go longer. Yeah. So we were winning it off a turnover. That's what it felt like to me. And yeah, he was. He definitely put so- shift. There was just some, there was some discussion earlier in the week about um, Cody versus Nunes as as as, as, a, as an efficient presser, and and, and you, you went back and looked at our dashboard, didn't you, for the season, and you found that Darwin's quite a few percentage points higher. And I do recall us talking about this pre World Cup, Rosie, that he his pay, he's got such pace, and he obviously got the physical stature as well that he's much more like he is more likely to be efficient because he, he you know he. he he can't be bypassed because of his speeds and physicality. Yeah, he, he, oh, it's hard. It's harder to bypass. Quicker, can't he? he can, yes, because of his. Well, they're both a similar size, I guess. But I mean, because he can get there faster, that's a, that's a bigger asset. Because mm. it's off the mark. I don't know if, whether that tallies or what. Well, it's eighty-eight. He's got Darwin's eighty-eight percent on the season on his efficiency, and and Cody's eighty-three. Yeah. Uh, and I was shocked by that. I'll be honest with you, and I still am. Yeah. But this, this game tallied with it again. Um, but I don't think he's anywhere near as tactical, intelligent a presser. So, you don't, you, this, this wasn't closing down passing lanes, then, Rosa. This was this was just oh, effort chasing. This just effort, effort. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. That's ex- whereas 
you've got some you've got some games where it's Gakpo and you and you're playing against teams that are are going to just launch it. There isn't any ifs or ifs or buts about that. So Gakpo doesn't make that. It doesn't it doesn't commit. Whereas in previous games where Nunes has been in the front or on the left, he like just runs at a player and doesn't think there's no point in doing this because. I'm leaving space behind myself. So he'll just run at somebody and they'll dink it over him and then we're counted on. Whereas I think Gakpo's got more of a, an awareness of when to go and when not to go. Mm. Yeah. But, but in this game, um, we're absolutely bags of effort from him. So I think, is there any chance that uh, the Gakpo has a better understanding of geometry? I think it's a hundred percent chance of that time. Yeah. Yeah. So so you might get efficient because we term positive we term efficient as in number of presses that are positive, have a positive reaction, and a positive action is a sideways pass or the opposition the opposition being forced into an action. Is that right? Yeah, but yeah, backwards sideways are yeah. So so Darwin chases somebody and they pass the ball sideways, but the the direction of their pass isn't scripted by us. Yeah. And what Gakpo does is what the system requires is we're trying to force them in a specific place. Yeah, that's so nailed it. It's it's the pressing version of Gary Lineker as a footballer. That like <laughs> it's it's all about him. It looks good on numbers if you're counting volume, but it actually doesn't impact the team's winning of the possession back. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Not, probably not it's, part of the change. Yeah, he's not synced. I did in this game, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and he could if you look at directional press, he's he's got like a he's basically a star in the middle of the pitch. Whereas typically when Cody plays the night, it's not. He's got direction in terms of sinking in with the the right eight and and Mo to push to an area. Whereas Darwin isn't. He's just in the middle of the pitch, massive yeah. star coming out of him. So that's kind of back to what I We we know from years of Bobby. Bobby's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby would push. Oh, Bob, yes, I'm running with Bobby doing the role because he doesn't, doesn't come on or start games. But generally the. The last run of games, the the player playing the nine is is synced in with the the other areas to to move to control where the opposition have yeah. the ball into wide areas. Whereas that isn't that is not what I'm looking at now in the viz. That is very much what so is described. It wasn't what happened in the game either. So you're right. It's yeah. that's, that's exactly what it is, Dan. Yeah. Any anything more on Fulham? Oh. No. No. Did you get everything discussed there? Uh, we wanted to, yeah, we had a, also we had a, we had another long pressing chain. Um, which I forgot to forgot to mention. Maybe we can get the video on this one and put it in the Discord as well. Um, eight a pressing chain of eight in the, which led to a turnover actually. Um, in the um, second half, I'm just looking at the time. No, 17 minutes. So we got that one. Okay, involving Fabinho, Hendo, Trent. Jones Diaz. So five different players there. Nice little pressing chain. So we'll try and get that one clipped as well. I didn't see the clip of the, the longest one ever. Oh, Armin did it in the um, it's in the Discord. I'll um I'll tag I'll tag you into it. Did it not lead to a shot though? No, it led to a re- it led to a non-existent free kick on Harry Kane. 
Oh no, I mean I meant the one in this game on seventy minutes. Salah had a shot on seventy minutes, but I'm guessing that wasn't No. No, no, no. It was a, it was this was just a possession I think win for I deflected back off someone. Anyway, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Possession win from Jones. Okay. Okay. All right then. Let's move on to Brentford. Um Bart, do you want to run through us the, the lineup? Uh for us, um I mean for them they made they went to five at the back from a four, so they put another defender in, um changed, uh Damsat went out and they went with two up front, so they went with a five three two. For us, uh Cody went into midfield. Um and they went with who was up front? I can't remember who started up front for us. Oh Jota. Jota came back into the lineup with uh Darwin and Mo. And Curtis and Fav kept the places, and Robertson came in at left back. Um, in, a, in the usual kind of setup, I think Cody was in the right, uh, right eight role. I think that's where first mm. I've got that in my notes. I think I I had Jota down the middle for large parts of this game, but I'm not convinced that's where he was meant to be. <laughs> Because you talk about Darwin at a bit starting down the front, but Jota in a lot of clips was down the middle. A lot more than the Fulham game where, where Darwin was, was was solely down the middle. So I thought it was interesting. But um, yeah, for, uh, Brentford definitely went, changed to a five at the back uh, with three in front, which is what we discussed in pre-pod about them and how they, they go about their defensive play. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Defensive setup. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rosie, match summary for Brentford, please. Now, I'm not sure you're going to expect me to say this, but I think <laughs> this might be my perfect match summary. This, oh. is, what, this is what I want in every game, please, Liverpool. Um, <laughs> two, 2.1 non penalty XG to 0. 0.2. Okay. So, Let's start. Nothing conceded. 15 shots to five. Eight shots in the box for three. Four big chances to nil. Perfect. And no defensive errors. Now, had they not had a shot on target, and we, I don't think we've had one this season, but that was my previous barometer for a perfect clean sheet. No shots con- sh- no shots on target conceded. No big chances, no defensive errors. <laughs> I remember most, that one. The most important thing about this game was that Brentford are... Uh, Renowned and should be for being absolute set piece kings, masterpieces. Yeah, their whole system seems based around it. Um, and they had 
such a variety of set of pieces. They had free kicks, well, they had an A corner, they had long throws. And we dealt with them and conceded nothing from them. Mm. So we've dealt with the threat of the opposition. So, so they, did they have zero shots from set plays then? No, no they one. They one. Point, point oh zero six from a free kick. There we go. If oh, that was it, yeah, but nothing from the... Nothing... It's, a sec- it's a second game we've not conceded any shots on target. No, we conceded off on set pieces. <clears throat> oh, I see. You know, if you were just saying before that we that uh, it was... Oh, have we? Uh, control, no, we yeah. have conceded. We, we, we didn't, didn't concede, concede a shot, shot on target, target against game. Palace. Yes, but did we concede a big chance in that game? I think we did. Yes, we did. Definitely. Um, I think at least one. At least yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I think we can. I think I think we conceded one of those ones where we can, we conceded a, a. I think we conceded a big big chance in the first minute. I think against Palace, didn't we? Anyway, there was it was it was it wasn't very good. Now, the caveat the caveat for this one is um, the 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 goal we scored was a point nine four, so that's going to inflate your xG. Um, right. The um, big chance, one of the big chances was a gap pull volley. Which I think is is generous. I think Understudy have got it at nine percent. Bob to have got it at twenty six. Well, he had no defensive pressure, did he? And he was inside oh, the box, true. and he was yeah, and he yeah yeah. He's he within that put... zone that you posted. Yeah yeah. Um, and then there's the one that Jota drives against him that deflects off him. That doesn't even go down as a shot, but is an opportunity. Is <clears throat> like two. Just, yards just, just before, just before. You know, we, so we don't forget it because we might get lost once we start discussing other things. Um, what what happened? Does anybody know what, what actually what happened in that Jota Cody chance situation? Is anybody any explanation? What you put it wide? You mean? No, 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 no. The one where he, he made, there was no not even a shot generated from Cody because it just hit him. Came off his shin. Came off his shin. But he wasn't even swinging for a shot though, was he? He was standing no, there. He just he was trying there. to control it. Oh, was he? Right. Okay. I don't, so know, he, I don't know how he didn't score. But. So, so, so Jota blamed it at him and he was trying to yeah. control, touch it and control it before scoring, yeah? Say? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, yeah, he was just he was trying to control it. Uh, and I think he was trying to shin it in or stop it. He was caught in between the two, but it's really, really hard when kneecaps. It was just uh, uh, so fast he couldn't get his foot <clears throat> off the floor yeah, yeah. quick enough to finish it with his foot. And it's probably a good use of the opt- opportunity Stat then, isn't it? Because yeah, it was a good opportunity, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's keeper had already dived. Yeah, it was, yeah it's, it's an open goal. So it's an open goal. He literally had to just get pretty much any other touch apart from what he did. And it was No, I, I no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just. It's one of those we look at it and go, wow, okay. But yeah, any other type of contact. I was screaming. Anything, and I was screaming. I haven't watched it live. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question. Here's a question, Rosie. Would Salah have scored that? I don't know if anybody else would have scored it without a little bit of luck. Oh, it's come across. I think it's I just think... bland. It's just yeah, just you know, basically blamed it. Basically, yeah, but do you not think he would have perceived that that's going to happen? Mm. So I, 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 I think some of that is Cody wasn't expecting it, right? Whereas I think Mo always expects the ball to appear in it, and he's ready to put it in. I think also you you I think it's easy to it's easy to be harsh and I think it's really hard. You also have to take into account that he's six foot three, six yeah. foot four. Mo is small and fast twitch is actually that would have been 
knee or a little bit thigh height even if he if it if it had hit his knee it would have gone in but he probably would have tried to take it with his left foot anyway which gives him a tiny second longer um and it's easier for him to lift his foot 10 inches off the floor than it is for Cody to do it yeah okay that's fair, that's fair. now so right from the kickoff you made a really important observation about our team selection which one is the, the the observation you're talking about? That it was the tallest possible team that we could. Oh, have I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, I'm sure it's deliberate practice. We did it against Burnley a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, it was it's the tallest possible team we can put out. I think we've got six lads over six foot. We've got four lads over six two. Um, yeah. It's a shame that two of them never had the ball. I was but, say, what um, follow up comment? By design, they're all big lads. And that makes sense to to defend against the thing you were talking that Rody pointed out that they they have a reputation of being great uh, at set pieces. And according to the according to TV, we're not very good at defending set pieces, which is garbage. Yeah, we just had a couple of bad games. Yeah. This is, this is, so so are you including? Are you saying six outfield or are you including Allison in that? No, six outfield. So yeah, Jones as well. So it's, just to be clear, Verge. Canate, Fab, Jones, Darwin, and Cody. Yeah. Yeah. And and out of them, you probably got uh you probably go Virgil, Canate, Jota as the best headers. Yes. Is Fab not six foot? Yeah, but yeah, I think Fab's Jota's better in the air than yeah, I reckon, yeah, yeah. I I'd have Jota as the third best header as well, to be fair. Definitely. Yeah. Um now I was going to ask you to say that yeah when we when we when we when we got to the stage a few years ago we had basically nullified Deitch ball because we were that good aerially. It, back then it was you know Virgil peak Virgil, uh, peak 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 Joel Matip and then um, Fabinho was probably third best in the air at that point. So you, you're going to say say aren't we that Matip still cut above Ibu in the air? Yeah, Ibu's good, but um, I think Joel was better then. But back then. Who was who would you who would we have had fourth, fifth, and sixth? Mane, Winaldum, Bobby, Henderson, Bobby, Hendo. Bobby was Bobby was one of the markers on the second. Yeah, yeah. Bobby was mid zone, wasn't he? Bobby. Mm. So they would have been four, five, and six. Bobby. Oh, Mane, is he out of quality, or I'm just talking height? Oh, just well, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, uh, I would go probably from a safety perspective, from a defence first perspective, it will go Bobby, Ginny, Mane. Mane, yeah. And then so you've got Sadio Mane back then as your sixth best header of the ball. And then in this game, it would have been Nunes. Fabinho fourth, and then but Nunes, Jones, Cody, maybe. Yeah, so so neither uh, Curtis, Gakpo or Darwin don't head a ball unless it's right on the head they can't get out of the way or it's a sister of a head. Uh, sister <laughs> yeah, of a yeah, yeah. Straight head but they have, got, they have got stature for things like cutting out crosses and, you know, help make it more difficult for the ball to beat the first man and stuff. Like that. I, I, honestly, if, if you, if you put yourself in the place of a, of a footballer on the pitch, you look up to cross and you see that we've got these Six lads. Foot one lad. Yeah. That are, that are marking their lads. You're going to try and put the ball elsewhere. Yeah. You're not going to go, oh, it's only Darwin. <clears throat> He's not going to bother heading the ball. Yeah. So definitely. Well, if you're no a good analyst. There. You would, if you're a good analyst. <laughs> but you can't when you're when you're thinking at full speed. 
Yeah, but well, pre-game, you've got a lot of clips of him not bothering to even header it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For yeah. sure. Then you, that's exactly where I'd aim it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's confirmation by it says, oh, he's a big lad. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what's going to hit first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sai, let's talk about the story of this match. Time-wasting. <laughs> Let's talk about time wasting. Um, you spent a lot of car- you spent a lot of time on your bank holiday uh, with your extra day off um, collecting <laughs> the de- collecting details of time wasting. Literally marking the video as I was going along, and wow. I, I did it. I did it at half time. I went through the first half and marked the marked the and time stamped the video. Um, so I could count how, and so it's discretionary. These numbers are discretionary on my part in the, in the, I didn't count every second that Fulham had the ball out of play. So I was giving them 10 seconds at the beginning of all ball out of play before they did anything before I counted. So like, cause the ball's going to go out of play. They're not cheating because they've got a, got a throw in. They've like, you know, they need 10 seconds to, to make the throw, but then they were taking 38 seconds or 51 seconds to take that throw in. Yeah. Um, and um, I had, in the first half, they had 14 minutes and 51 seconds where they had possession of the ball and they should have kicked the ball back in and they chose not to. So, so f- of time wasting. And in the second half, it was 15-10. So... It was basically half an hour of the game that was cost entirely with them time wasting. For context, I does it fifty seven minutes and four was dead time according to our scout. So thirty thirty five six minutes of this game was the ball in play. So half of that fifty seven minutes was what you're saying is them wasting time. Thirty nine fifty five. Ball in play time on Y Scout, 43 minutes on Opta, slightly different models calculating it differently. But Michael Reed from Opta did tweet out that um, this is the lowest ball in play time, 43 minutes, of for any Liverpool match that Opta have ever collected. So even even less ball in play time than peak Allardyce, peak Pulis, peak Deitch, peak Warnock. This was and the, cra- the crazy thing is, have you noticed it's it because um, uh, Eddie Howe complained uh, after uh, Arsenal? <laughs> the, the irony, irony is dead. The, yeah. Pete, the irony of that, but Pete, but um, Laura Woods called them out on it on Talksport, and now it's all over TV today. The um, the game times, and no one did it after the after the Brentford game with us. We were just whining, but but yeah. it's so weird. But at least it's become a thing now. So basically, what we need to do is get no, need to get Laura Woods to mention. Oh, no, t- and then it all kicks off, yeah? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. And not, and not be us as well. Not be us. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's just summarise it. it was four, there was four VAR checks in there as well. Sorry. Um, there was yeah. eight subs. Nine? Nine ten, subs. Nine subs. Nine subs. And how many trainers? VAR checks. How, how many times? Goal. Yeah. And how many times did the trainer come on for fake injuries, whether it was real uh, or not? Seven. Seven. And our trainer didn't come on at all, did he? No. Seven seven times with a Brentford physio. Jesus. 
So they were just taking as long as they possibly could about everything. How many times did they flop to the floor? Ivan Tony, while while Michael Richards was talking about what a great player he is and how strong he is, <laughs> he would he would again flop to the floor because an, a, an African butterfly <laughs> floated too close to a flower. Uh, it's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. Uh, what, so, what a hero he is. So, Roti, talk to me about fouls, please. Oh, oh God, what was it? Um, was it 19? Yeah, we, we we committed more fouls in this match. We committed... I think, it, I think it's the most fouls we've conceded in a game. I think it's joint. Um... It's just it. Oh, damn! And we were the, we got we were we had the most fouls. We had the only yellow card for time wasting, and we had the yeah, most. Allison got done for t- how I again how ironic is that? <laughs> we got done for time wasting. I mean, in a game. and we all agreed that if this game had been goalless, we would have absolutely been doing our nuts. But because we were one nil up, it was. <laughs> uh, what I don't quite understand is how is how that makes sense. For for Brentford, is that was because did they create anything in the last? Well, well, period? okay. This this is where I wanted how, to bring. How long, so I don't. I, so I think we should be fair on this. I know we've dismissed the Dishes and the Pulises and stuff, but I think if you've got a game plan and your team's <laughs> set up around that, and it's to time waste and it's to to create as many dead ball situations because that's your advantage, that's your strength. If you're a manager. That's what you've got to do. So, so, but 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 we went one and up quite early. So, how long do you leave it before you then go? Shit, we can't time waste anymore because we only got so long left to equalise. But then, if you've only got one by applying, right? So, was it seventy minutes? Right. Uh, this, this, would... this is where I wanted to bring the analytics angle in, uh, Bots, because you know it. There's the Brighton. Sorry, Brent. Brent Brentford are drilled to an analytical game plan, aren't they? And they must not yeah. deviate from that, right? The players, yeah. will, they're on there. Yeah. And um, they've, they've obviously, they did this before, haven't they? they, they, they get the, the other club there, yeah. is, is it Michelin, wasn't it? Yeah. Where did exactly yeah. the same thing in terms of what they did with set pieces. Yeah. And so they must have looked at for marginal gains in the, with the physicality, stop-start nature, basically making the game one long, one long series of restarts. Yeah. From whichever phase, whether it's a goal kick, whether it's a free kick corner or throw in, yeah? Yeah. To get it into the final third as quick as possible, I think you noted that their keeper was taking for any free kick anywhere near the halfway line, Yeah, their keeper was taking. So they would load the box up. They also yeah. were doing the old, um, I said to you this morning, didn't I? They were doing, um, you know the Bolton trick of leaving a player offside? Yeah, constantly. Constantly, and then they would at least come back. one, some, at least yeah. one. Sometimes so they'd be offside three. in the first phase. Yeah, yeah. So you you to try and create a bit of trickery with do you win that or not? But the I thought I personally thought we counted this really well. Um, I haven't got the numbers on it, but I I thought we played an ultra high line where we could. So we were, I think, we were well well away from our D for a lot of our free kicks, defensive free kicks. So yeah. the, the distance between our line and the goal was was the biggest it possibly could be. Uh, so you limit the variability of a knock-on and a, and a straightaway shot because there's still 20 yards to get into and now you can clear it up. Um, and it also diluted that effect of the offside player because it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, he's still, 
you win and we won I saw my the numbers but we won the aerial was, I thought we, we dominated the aerial duels. it was 50-50 the aerial ratio I think but that's but, still yeah. not bad considering yeah, yeah, Brentford yeah. side where they typically do 60-40 minimum so I, I thought we did exceptionally well um, and attacking wise as well I, I know that's been a theme for the last six games but I think this, the tall nature of our side helped us we were we put two players two tall players on their keeper yeah. And we had two late runners from near to the box and they crossed over. So you ended up with two tall players in the front zone and two tall players in the mid zone, which weren't there. They were different players from the starting positions. Yeah. And that worked really well. We consistently got flip well, ons. We have to give some credit here, right? Because we absolutely slaughtered our backroom team for, yeah, the, for the first half of the season as well. Yeah. No, no. Well, just specifically in the Brentford set yeah, plays yeah, in, yeah, in, the yeah, away, yeah. in the away yeah. game. And we said, this is exactly the same thing they did there last year. Haven't they learned? Haven't they watched the video? Why haven't yeah. they done anything about it? And this game, they clearly, did. they've done they've done a lot of prep yeah. for this game. We we did, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think and they didn't register any XG after the fifty second minute. Yeah, yeah. And that's just we set up. I think we set up beautifully to defend that. I think we also were conscious about not giving away a foul in certain areas. So we were trying to clear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You look at Trent, he was in the last half hour of the game, particularly, he was d- deep in the right back zone, launching the ball. Look, not even looking to play a like, pass in. He was yeah. actually, get it out of this area and we'll, and if we ever give a, a free kick higher up, we'll give it up there. There was one not time in the first it. half where we got caught on near yeah, our box. but that was the, it's first yeah. half. I'm saying second half, yeah. we were very good at going, we're not going to get caught in this area here because we want to limit, we want to increase that distance between the free kick and our goal. And, yeah. I, and I thought, you're right. I thought we got the analytics right for this game. We really did. I mean, to, to let them only have 0.06 from free kicks for Brentford. Yeah. After, after the way they destroyed us, yeah. uh, their place on set place. Yeah. So just, just on the numbers here, right? So um, using the using the wide scout data, 41 minutes. Um, so 30, um, 39.55 ball in play time. Um, so... Anthony Taylor gave a free kick every 83 seconds the ball was in play. <laughs> David Rea hit a long ball every 32 seconds of Brentford's ball in playtime. 32. Yeah. And you think about this, he took every free kick, as Bart said, but also in open play, he'd be launching it down the channels and it didn't matter if the ball over the top then went out of play for a Liverpool goal kick. That was the plan. He must have done that about yeah. six or seven times. He was he, he overhit the ball and it went straight over everybody and ran out for a you know for a, for a goal kick to us the other way. Uh, and there yeah. were a total of ninety six restarts in the match, which is it, every twenty five seconds there was a restart of some kind, whether that's a goal kick, a free kick, a corner, or a throw in. Well, felt long, felt felt shorter than that. Dan. <laughs> Every twenty five seconds, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's. I was at the game and I, I've never known anything like it. I, I was infuriated watching. I just couldn't believe the staccato nature. But every 25 seconds restart, not so. Well, you, you said it was admirable, but equally they were a difficult watch, didn't you say? So that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be kind. Let's say they, they are a unique challenge. So would you say they're better to watch than, I'll ask you this time, peak Warnock or peak um, Allardyce? <laughs> Well, I mean, at least... That's a low Allardyce. bar. At, at least Pete Allardyce had JJ Okocha and Yuri Diop yeah, yeah, yeah. the team. Like, the bowling you know. side, yeah. Sai wasn't as diplomatic. What did Sai call him? <laughs> Absolute cheats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, 
but so I, I, I think it's one of those moments where because we won, I get the opportunity to to call out this bullshit. I, I hate the cheating. I hate. I don't like the the gamesmanship, the being smart. Mm. I, I just think it's cheating. And I, I hate that there's a continuum. Cheating's cheating, cheating. Footballers lie all the time. And I, I, it's, 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 it's exponentially worse when it's done systematically from an organisation. Yeah. 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 Is, the whole organisation is drilled this way. It's and- cheating and it's enabled <laughs> by, by Manchester's nerds. It's Anthony enabled by Taylor. nerds. <laughs> it's enabled by nerds. So. It's enabled, yeah, enabled by data. In what? Oh. No, because it's enabled by the referee. Because oh, the referee okay. allows them. No, no, it does get away. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the smart that. thing, I actually respect the data analysts going, well, let's well, we can see exploit this. We can push yeah. these bricks. Why <laughs> the ref's not going to, the ref's going to let you do it. So yeah. can, I, can I guess ask one of the questions? Only like, do it, but book us for it, Sai. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. We get, Ali got booked for, for um, time wasting. And a goal and, kick. And <laughs> there are three t- from a goal kick. And there are three teams in the league who have an average goal kick time <laughs> longer than that. And there are only two goalkeepers that have been booked for time wasting in the league this season. Yeah. It's absurd. And it was yeah. Anthony Taylor. He's such a prick. I know. Um, I think, yeah. So just a word on the Brentford sports science people to say, I mean, you must be impressed with them because they are magnificent athletes. The whole team won't uh, happen. They don't have to be magnific- magnificent athletes, Dan, because you run a whole lot less when the ball's not in play. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to say compared to, say, Dan, the award you weren't, team, there, right? you, weren't, you weren't around for the uh, conversation we had earlier. They're okay. all beasts. They're all absolute six-foot Goliath fast lads. But do you know how far we ran in the game? Hundred, hundred and two. <laughs> they don't have to break records but, because they get so much rest. My point was going to be, say, compared to a Neil Warnock team, they are magnificent yeah, athletic yeah, specimens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but yeah. like the bit that you missed as well, Dark, is the context for that hundred and two in the ball in playtime is actually quite impressive. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. The actual impressive thing is that 189 sprints to 185. Lots of sprints going on because, because there's so much time in between that they can recover and they can sprint again. And it, that's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's laughable low distance, but comparison to how much it was in time and the amount of sprints we did. Yeah. 
Well, if you think also that that four or five lads, every time the ball goes out of play, they they sprint to get into position to head a ball. Mm. Can we um can we give a shout out to um we've given a lot of, we've given a lot of stick to uh, Verge this season, but this was this was this was a return to Verge the Goliath, right? Verge's Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, him and Alison Becker were just unbelievable in this match. Well, I think they have been for the past couple of games, though, to be fair. Yeah. I thought that they've returned that question. Who was a did you pose that question about on your poll, wasn't it? <clears throat> Who's yeah. the most important player? When when Ver, someone put when Verge was in form, the team's in form. Mm. Was that it? Was that, yeah, I'm, I'm it's still, yeah, it was a, it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Both one fall out of the five aerial drills. Yeah. But Verge had the most clearances he's made in a Liverpool game since March 2019. Six, yeah. And um, yeah, um, and to come back to when you've got when you've got a weapon like Verge to repel a bombardment, and there's it's no there's no question that what Bentford do is a bombardment. It's like how it's a bombardment, isn't it? You know, artillery. Yeah. And uh, he got some like verge to uh, repel that with the, the number of clearances he makes and headed clearances, just astonishing. And um, Alison Becker three punches and two. Uh, they even give they even gave Alison the aerial duels, which is quite rare for keepers. But when they have to go up and challenge one of the big guys for the direct ball, the keeper will get an aerial duel win or loss for that as well. And uh, Alison got two. Hundred um, yeah, percent. Yeah, most he's had in the game this season. Very rare that keepers get two in the game. Three punches as well. Just astonishing levels of dominance from Allison in his six-yard box. Basically, they both looked at like they both probably been psyching each other up for the, you know, in the pre-match and just like you know, they they really delivered like and a you know, pair of what's the what's the, what would be the most appropriate animal to Goliath? Oh, Goliath, I yeah, yeah Goliath, Titans, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, t- ten clearances it was for Van Dyke. Sorry, ten clearances by Van Dyke. Yeah, it but looks yeah. like they've really got the know, motivation to hold the work, but it looks like they're completely motivated for this run. You know, six on the bounce, enjoying <clears throat> football again, love being the best. And, and, to around. be fair to say, that's exactly what he said for yeah, much did, from yeah. very, very early this season, specific, particularly Virgil. Yeah. And uh, you, you're basically on the verge of calling, you know, um, before Christmas, say, you were calling him a big game player. Just does, oh, that's all because that's all he wants to do. Yeah, it was. It was uh, maybe he was bored, <laughs> but you've also said that and, as well. And like the new system, but, yeah. uh, like the new system is is giving him some level of inspiration, yeah. his enthusiasm of of he sees a, a potential upward trajectory now. So there's something to fight for rather than the grind of this. Well, there's no chance of us. That maybe they started badly and then it got worse and worse and worse because. There was, uh, from an effort perspective, because there was no point. Who cares if you finish fourth? And and the 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 garbage of of the stuff we were playing. It looked like there was no. Um, we would we if I don't know what if it felt like to you guys, but it felt very much like to me. Klopp's never getting sacked. We were shit. We'd made some really bad purchases. He bad. The worst stuff was going wrong. He nothing he said seemed to have any um, change in uh, had no effect on on the outcome of games or even the process of games. So we were just going to play out the next three years until he leaves. That's what it felt like to me. 
And maybe that's what it felt like a little bit in the club. Yeah. Even but, more so because they'd heard everything he said before and it didn't yeah. work anymore. And the then shape, he started yeah. saying different things. Yeah, yeah change think, the message. I also think they, with the change of shape, they're invigorated. I, I think they believe they're not that far away. Do you know what I mean? They've, they've, they've got success now. Is it six in a row? You'd never believe that was going to happen. They're all, they're all excited about playing this different way. And they're like, do you know what? Few little bits here and there, and we could be back on winning game. That's I think they might, might be something that's seeping into them. And just, uh, just one thing to note, Bart's is after this game, we only conceded point two, didn't we, on the X- yeah. XG? And if you aggregate up all the games now with the WM, we are less than one per game. Exactly, we're in. So yeah, I mean, if we can do that, if we can keep that up, you know, that that that. I mean, the really caveat, Darth, as you know, is we've had the second easiest run of games in in this, yeah, yeah. this run. But yeah, you're right. If we can keep well, that we have going, Arsenal, and, and five yeah. of six are at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is that is a bias. That is yeah, a, yeah. It's a big bias, but as we've said, we've got this new thing. The players are excited. Now it's the next stage, as you guys have already started with the other pods. It's, it's the recruitment, yeah. isn't it? Just a, just a point and a callback to what Sai was saying about some of our headers in the team. Just have a look at the aerial duels in this game. Um, Nunes won one of four and Gakpo won zero of three. So, Did Curtis have any? Curtis had one, 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 one and lost it. Yeah. Okay. So but yeah. So this is well that 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 evidence is exactly what Sai said. So they were a combined oh, yeah. one out of eleven. Those three players. <laughs> <laughs> Jones Gakpo. Absolutely evidence is there, but it's just it's oh. so interesting that as a as a as an analyst of an opposition club, you, you one they should have been listening to this pod. And two, <laughs> they, they should have known that from some of. And we have defended well from set pieces in most of the games, but when we haven't, the issue has been a Nunes or a Gakpo or yes. a, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And that's where you should attack rather than that instinctual confirmational biases. Let's go for the shortest player. When if he, if that shortest player is a Jota or someone, he's great in the air. <laughs> so, 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 so sidebars, what was our... What was our defending setup for the zones in on you know, defending set plays in this you game? Think I'd have written that down, wouldn't you? After looking at it that many times, I haven't. I was just about to ask you the same question: whether anyone noticed whether Darwin was in the defensive line or not? Um, uh, no, Gakpo was in the middle. Yeah. So Gakpo so, was mid zone, but remember he had the shocker in the mid zone against Wolves. Remember Wolves away. Yeah, but this yeah. isn't leaving players to go and have three shots in the box. Okay. Okay. And was there? Did you notice any other change to our defensive setup uh, from uh, defending, or was it just the brilliance of Virgin Ali and then you know the extra tall lads like we discussed today? I, I thought it was. I thought it was the um, urgency around the second balls in this game compared to when we oh, were for sure, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. second balls. Yeah, we we seemed more more attuned to right. We might not win this first ball because of their level of physicality. So let's get in and around that second ball rather than just watching it. I, I also think that we were constantly aware of the moment we might lose possession, but also we that when there was a duel, we were all we already had um, two little hyenas picking up the right angles to go and go and scavenge the ball. So yeah, effort, but also 
I think we were set up to do it. We were more compact, closer together, and we already had two. We always had two two people close by, ready to go and collect the ball. You, how many times this season have we talked about? Oh God, we're so unlucky. The ball just bounces to the opposition all the time, and we didn't pick the trash up, and we never yeah. did. Yeah, and and that's we because we were so unstructured. The ball was going to places where our players weren't. We were putting the ball to places where our players. So you saying that it was Jones and G- Jones and Gakpo was as the eights? Was we were just it. yeah yeah that's yeah. part of it for sure. But Mo was collecting balls yeah. in front of the fullback, and Jota was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you look in the first half, Mo picked up a second ball. He sprinted, picked up a second ball on the edge of our box, played some phenomenal pass. Yeah, um, forty yards out to, to Jota to set him away that he coughed up. But like that came that came from being around, ready, for, alert for the second ball. Yeah, yeah. Right. Seeing as uh, we spent the whole game talking about um, all the the time wasting and the set plays and the height. Does anybody want to talk about anything we did on the ball in this match? It wasn't the story of the game for me. No, it say. wasn't. It was, and how can it be with the ball in play for that length? Of time? <laughs> 39 minutes, yeah. 39 yeah. minutes, it's not an in-ball game. Yeah, that's fair. Any observations um, on the ball, Rosie? Uh, well, can I, can I oh, just sorry. say, off-ball, that Mo won 11% of our possession. Um, the... So I'm going to go on a, a little uh, Mo soliloquy uh, that he um, he create. We are currently at. I think he's. I don't know. Obviously, I'm his biggest advocate, but uh, in the last five or six matches um, since the WM, we're playing that he's gone up now. He is currently at eleven uh, again, eleven percent of our total possession that he is that is, is running through Mo Salah from getting around 4%, just as a total percentage. So so his total touches are going up. So he's averaging 66 touches. Um, and you remember if we get, if he gets 54 touches, we always win. So um, it's a good trend. But uh, most through balls, most passes into the box. Um, he's now creating big chances um, and big moments in games and being the decisive finisher as well. Like getting Virgil and Trent and Mohamed Salah, the ball the most is the most likely way we, or most efficient way we have of winning games. And yeah. that's what we're doing right now. And it's Amen. brilliant. And to add to that, we also have Fab, um, who is uh, in the last three games, he is averaging 0.6 uh, XG build, and he is starting to create moments in games as well, like the um, the pass for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, we need to mention um, Ty and Gerard. Gerard, Gerard now before... Um... Fifth place on the all-time list. Just what, what an achievement. So 30 goals and assists now in the league. Uh, and the first player ever to score in nine consecutive home games. Ever. I don't, I, I don't even know what that means. Uh, I hate that. It means he's the first player ever to score in nine consecutive Liverpool home games. Is that better than the best first player to score eight? Is that Ronnie Rosenthal or something? Yeah, it's, it's just, just a random I think it's just, thing, a, I think it's a note to say like just on the level of consistency. Yeah, like great. He's been very consistent recently and... Um, and he's been very consistent, to be fair. I, I, I posted something the other day. I think he's been the third, one of the top three players 
in the world since since uh, for the last six years. Um, over the last six years, he's been one of the three best players in the world, and I'm not sure that's hyperbole. I think yeah. it's Oh, and again, this is this should be a postseason pod, but d- discussing Dan's question about importance, I was like, yeah, Allison's been the most important this season. Van Dijk was when you first paused it, Dan. But I think the correct answer is more because of that level of consistency. But again, we'll go into more detail in a in a pod because yeah. it's a really interesting pod. Um, but yeah, he's been, uh, yeah. Incredible. Well, it's been it's been criticised a lot this season. Yeah, it turns out with forty goal contributions. So, but we're it's we're in a tough. spot where the media's decided last week that he's good now. So let's say nice things about him. The the players that were, would have picked Mane over him for for three years now are coming round to. Oh, actually, he probably is good. No, I know they're just. But they, there's there's people out there still having a go at Curtis, and he's probably put the best run of form I've seen for a midfielder all season. So well, there's a, you've got to say that other than the the three players, you know, the two players really that you mentioned with Salah and Trent, you, 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 um, Jones is probably the third best player, right? He is definitely. I just say it's it's the hype of, any, of some of our fans. I was just going to say, imagine if Mo had got the penalties he should have got. <laughs> I mean, like, steady, we, we, steady. we talk about that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't get as many as the other players in that. He in that get by, by ratio, over the last four years, it'll be twenty-four. Yeah. So if you if you just put him in the same category of fouls of touches in the box per foul of Raheem Sterling, which is so instead of ninety-eight touches per penalty, he would get one every thirty. It's twenty-four extra goals. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's just, it's a, it is one of the transformational signings, and we'll, we'll discuss it. And that it's a whole season, won't we? About he's important. I, I, sorry, I missed the number in the uh, for the last game because I, I I'll say it now, but it, it, it's kind of irrelevant because Ali didn't actually make a save. Um, but the Ali's hundredth, I suppose Ali's hundredth uh, clean sheet in this game. Yeah. So that's a mainstream number that everybody knows these days. Uh, I just wanted to point out that. In the last game, in the uh, the Fulham game, he made a great save on a one-on-one, um, as he always does. And that's the 27th big chance he saved this season when the when the score was within one goal. Yeah. Yeah. And the next highest is 18. Yeah, we, should, we didn't even mention the, the, the Ali versus Fulham. He, yeah, he basically was man of the match, wasn't he? Two great saves, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. He's, I think he saved a one post shot exchange, kept a clean sheet. So, yeah, we lost um, a post shot exchange in that game. Yeah, just on the just on the full, just on the Salah foul thing. I posted this a couple of weeks ago. Not sh- in in our chat. I'm not sure everybody saw it, but um, most this was the end of April. So we have played three Premier League games since this point. Jordan Ayew was one of the most fouls in the Premier League this this season with seventy four. <laughs> right. Right? Do we do, do we know how many Mo Salah had at this point in time three games ago compared to Jordan Ayo? Thirty. <laughs> right. I was going to say a third of that. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty-eight. Yeah. So yeah, Jack Grealish seventy fouls, James Madison sixty-five, Mark Bowen sixty, Bukayo Saka fifty-five, Michael Elise forty fifty-four, and Mohamed Salah twenty-eight. You got Harry Kane on there or not? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was looking. I was might have been looking at wingers. Sorry, fit on that strikers, but just unreal numbers. Yeah. That you know, considering the amount of 
abuse, yeah, and tackles he takes. That's why that's why Klopp pulled his hammer because he was annoyed that Salah got fouled before Spurs scored there. <laughs> this is this is true. This is yeah. this is exactly what it was. It just just to point out that was that was our Duke professor that put that together, Steve Arley. Yeah. Hope you're listening, Steve. Anyway, um, right. Very quick, a final point um, is that we might potentially have somebody, uh, a director of football, or maybe reports today, a, a temporary external consultant um, taking up the reins. His strong links throughout um, the German Bundesliga beat journos that uh, Jörg Schmatke. Uh, most recently of VFL Wolfsburg, uh, before that FC Cologne, Hanover, um, yeah, um, might be taking over at Liverpool, um, or at least it's been heavily, we're in, we're in discussions with him at some So, um, fair to say, Rhodesy Bart say that none of us knew anything about this individual before he was first mentioned two days ago. Is that fair? Uh, well, I did. I just couldn't remember his name from the book. What's the book called? Oh, Football Hackers. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I, yeah. Until <laughs> like, I remember reading, I remember reading that, and the and the and what you posted in the group was, and I thought when I was reading it at the time that it was absolute masterclass in what you should do with scouts because we've all read uh, Soconomics and about. Mm. Biases mm. of scouting and blonde hair and <laughs> yeah, 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 heuristics. Uh, yeah. And if you if you tell a scout that this is a player to go and watch, that's what he's going to focus on, and that is by is your brain. That's it. That that's the thing. But if you tell a scout to go and watch a game, and you don't tell him the player that you want him to look at, and then he comes back with a report and says he's a standout player. What a brilliant way of validating your previous scouting that is. But if he comes back and hasn't got that opinion, then it gives you a little bit of a conflict in terms of how you should interpret your own data, but also your scout's data. So it's it's genius. Mm, now, I remember reading that in that book, but I didn't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't heard of him, but I, I am fascinated by his use of scouts because he also talks about different scouts for different things. Yes. So um, different attributes, like certain scouts will look at certain attributes. I don't know what the road said, but it's quite, when you're looking for a player for X profile, as we often used to do as a club, that yeah. intrigues me that he could get a go, right, I want these scouts to go and look at, for this type of profile of player, and he's got a record of that. Seems to be very good at finding forwards as well for some of the pods that you've linked Darth as well. Yeah, so um, it's, it's like you think he said that if he's got a scout who favours more technical players, then he might those might be more lenient on their um, off the ball work. Whereas if yeah. he sends another scout who likes to, who's got a bias towards graft, then you know, and they, and then what they'll do is he'll he apparently would just. He, he would know the biases of all the scouts, so then he would use those to counterbalance each other to exactly. get, a, get, a, get a holistic view, which is a very interesting way of doing it. And I guess one question I would have, um, uh, so so um, I I put some stuff up on my own Twitter feed, basically linking to all the material released by Raphael Honigstein, who's pretty much the doyen of the Bundesliga journalism and um, in recent days, is that he does seem to have had good success at the three previous, four previous clubs in Germany in terms of, first of all, making a team more than the sum of its parts and secondly, making the most 
of the resources that were available to them. Um, I guess the question would be that has has he done this in, a, in an old school way rather than we're very at Liverpool are very new school, aren't we? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think to... the role he's had in Germany is going to be different anyway because as home, as uh, Ralph talks about and on Mary's pods, the sporting director is the figurehead of that side. So the Supremo, yeah. The Supremo of Germany, where it isn't in the Premier League in, in any setup. It wasn't even with Edwards. He wasn't the Supremo. It was it was billed as being a yes. a triad, wasn't it? So yes. that'll be different for him. But the things that, because I asked that question as well, about could he deal with a Champions League level club? And he's done that. He took one of the clubs from, I don't know what it was, to Champions League football. Yeah, and recruited for that. Yeah, so. I don't, I, yeah, and Cologne took to the Europa League, I think. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I think he's, He's shown he can do that. I think the thing for him will be if he does come in, can he can he adapt to not having that full control? But then presumably, if you've agreed to, as it seemingly is a consultant role, you're just being coming in to go and do this. As as Klopp said, he doesn't like talking to agents and contracts. And maybe that's I don't know. It, it just oh, it's different Dan, from getting him in full time, isn't it? Daniel, he just mentioned then that. Our approach is like is like new world is like data driven. Haven't our concerns been that some of the recent signings have been more um, individual bias driven, individual knowledge based driven? So we've moved away from that, and that's been the issue. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was, I was hoping that we would. So we've appointed Spearman and Gordon's come back in, and then we're bringing in this guy. Are we trying to get like a mix? And not have the bias from um, Klopp and Linders. Let's let's just let's just name it. There's, there's no there's no suggestion that he can't handle data in none of the stuff that Ralph's talk, Ralph's talk about today. And he uh, can only take his word as he knows the guy. Yeah. Some of the best on. None of them said that he couldn't deal with the data. Yeah, it's just that when he started doing his job, there wasn't the it data. Was pre-data, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was pre-data. Yeah, Arkin, uh, he was basically was building it off off scouting and, and yeah, and, yeah, moneyball, yeah, but uh, but yeah. Um, just for my own bias, Dan, can I say my reaction to this was one listening to, um, I'll be honest, I one listening to Gags's comments in the group, and then a few comments on Twitter that I hadn't from people who I respect who would who were knocking it. And then you dig a little bit deeper and then you get the Honigstein stuff and then you get the podcasts. And then I remember that that football hacker chapter. And you, you go from one kind of extreme to another with your own bias about yeah, how, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about how you interpret the situation. And that to me is like a, it's like a contra, a really good contrast with how he deals with the scouting. So <laughs> whether we appoint him as a sporting director or not, the, the thing that interests me the most is he falls out with everybody. <laughs> is he is he just going to come in if we do employ him? And and you said it, Dan, punch Linders in the face. Well, I was going to say, yeah, based on what Hunnickstein was saying, is that uh, he, he's not the t- he, he, he's quite. He's quite an aggressive uh, chap, and he, oh, yes, he, man. And, yeah. he, and he and he does fall out with a lot of people, and that that says to me that is that is not somebody who is a yes man. Nope. And he sounds quite combustible, I have to say, with some <laughs> of the stuff that they've been saying. So, I mean, you know, something like that, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to take somebody telling you what to do and just, just do this for us. And, and they're probably going to, yeah. 
they're more likely to chin a member of the coaching staff, I think, <laughs> said, than, uh, than, 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 than give him what they want. I'll, I'll, so, do, I'll do an interview with Talk Sport and just absolutely dog <laughs> So uh, yeah, just once. just wanted yeah. just wanted to read out paragraph from Football Hackers, which I thought was the key one, right? So um since first getting appointed in his role at second division Al Alemania Aachen in two thousand and one, um the former uh, Gladbach goalkeeper has never seen his one of his teams win a championship or the German Cup. His work has nevertheless been extraordinary as he is routinely overachieved everywhere. He led Second Division Aachen into the UEFA Cup and Europa League, um, courtesy of them reaching their domestic cup final, and also overseeing promotion for the first time in 30 years. During his reign at Hanover 96, they, the team qu- twice qualified for Europe and played their best ever season in the Bundesliga. And in 27, Schmadke guided FC Cologne, one of Germany's most storied clubs, uh, into the Europa League after a 25-year absence. And then he crowned it all by getting Wolfsburg into the Champions League for the first time in a decade. So, yes, there's definitely a good... There's, there's definitely a very reassuring pattern there, isn't there, chaps? My only my only basis for assessing people is, do they get more out of some of the parts? It's why I like Deserby a lot of Brighton. He's got more out of the sum of his parts that Potter did, although yesterday was a bit of a shit show, even though the stats gets yes. differently. And that's One of game, yeah. that's what Klopp yeah. did. He did it at Hoffenheim, he did it at Dortmund. Yeah. That's what um Guardiola did, even though he's gonna even though he did it at um Barcelona, which is a much higher level. And he's still got more out of the resources than you were available. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You could argue he quite didn't quite uh, Bayern because he didn't win the Champions League, but some of their points totals and goals scored. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, set records. And then you've got mm. what he's done with, with Man City. You had Allardyce at Bolton. Yeah. Ulysses at Stoke. There's yeah. different variants of getting more, adding more value to your club than what you would expect. And that's, for me, it's, it's just a big mark of all analytics. Yeah. And what was the line that you liked, Bots, in the, the, the one you uh, highlighted? Yeah, the one they, they chatted about the fact. Because they were chatting about uh, whether or not money matters, and Holmesian, a murder in his name, sorry, but he basically Rafa. said, Rafa said that um, because this guy has a, has an eye for identifying talent, financials is not a barrier, and actually he will still identify talent. He'll just be able to get higher talent with more money. Do you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than it being the reverse, he can only get talent if he's got money. He was saying he's good at identifying talent and removing bias and the rest of it. So therefore money isn't a barrier. It's actually a help. Yeah. Getting value with a tenner and getting value with a million is the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. And that's the point. And that's a better way of saying it. He was a bit whereas a poor um, sporting director would only be able to do with a hundred million. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, how this ends up, uh, we oh, shall see, know. but but that's our initial summary of the under pressure review of York Schmatka. Um, thanks for a marathon, absolute marathon pod, but there was a lot to go through, I think, guys, and I think we did an absolute sterling job there. Um, and we will be back for single header next week, I think. It's just going to be... Monday night game. Oh, it's next one. It's Leicester, isn't it? Mm. So we're back next Wednesday for a single header against Leicester City. Uh, until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.